0: the elemental houses. Our people, all our people, elementals and lesser races alike, look to us for guidance. They respect us. With Prester John gone, there is nobody our people trust more. She shifted inside the glistening bubble that surrounded her, her long green hair dancing in the watery gloom. Who would argue if we took possession of the throne? Until now, Lady Sephira of the Sylphs had not spoken. She wasn't given to pointless chatter. But at the Lady of the Undines' question, she felt it necessary to answer. I will she said. Her expression remained calm, but her words seemed to draw all the air out of the room, as they often did when the Lady of the Sylphs had something important to say. The other three high nobles shifted in their seats. Lady Sifira, the genie lord said with a sneer. Let me speak honestly. Your love for your niece, Lazuli, blinds you to the best interests of our people. Lady Sapphira's cool, crystalline gaze met his. Love is precisely what allows me to see what is in the best interests of our people. Better than you, Lord. My greatest love is for Abaton, and it gives me keen sight. The rule of our land ...should not be in the hands of a regency council, but in the hands of whoever commands the ancientmost pearl. And you feel these children, your niece Lazuli, and this Venetian boy Pinocchio, are capable of this?" The Lady of the Undines asked. Her scepticism wasn't lost in the fount of bubbles. I cannot speak for Pinocchio's capacity to rule, Lady Sephira said. But my niece is the last of Prester John's children. Lazuli is Abertonian royalty. You don't know her as I do, my fellow lords and lady. My niece is no unruly, impulsive child. She might be only fourteen, but she has grace far beyond her years. Lady Sephira rose to her feet hovering ever so slightly. And she is our Prester. She will show you how capable she is on the throne. Lazuli stood high on the back of the throne and drew her sword. She unleashed a savage cry and leaped. Her blade met Pinocchio's in a clash of steel on steel that rang through the great domed hall. Lazuli smiled. There was nothing quite so wonderful as a good battle. Pinocchio blocked her blows, but then turned on the offensive, driving her back until Lazuli felt herself bump against a table laid out with a sampling of the cakes and frosted desserts that were to accompany the evening's banquet. Yield, Pinocchio said. Lazuli lifted an eyebrow. Don't be ridiculous she summoned a gust of wind that carried her gracefully into the air. Lazuli landed on the table and ran to the far end, her silk-slippered feet dodging the platters. Pinocchio made a less graceful bound onto the table. His right foot landed with a perfect splat in a coconut cardamom pudding. Lazuli shook her head. At least it hadn't been the spiceberry cake. The cricket maestro fluttered about on his tiny wings, crying in his tiny voice. Come now, your majesties. Someone will hear you. I beg you, please stop this silliness. Pinocchio smirked as he blocked her next swing. Did you hear something, Lazuli? Maybe, Lazuli said, our royal musician is working on a new song. Clang! Clack! The metallic noise echoed off the high curved ceiling. The throne room was at the very top of the towering palace of the moonlit court. Like the rest of the palace, it was more space than substance. Archways encircled the room, opening out to breezy...